Guys, oh. <laughs> no, no, we are confused who's going to start this. That's what happens when you have All three right. people. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SG Explained. As you can see, today we have three people, not just two. Or as you usual. can hear if you're yeah. listening to us on podcast. Hey, maybe you should make you a permanent member in maybe. SG Explained. You know what? I wouldn't mind, honestly. Right. I'm part of the SG Explained family. Okay. Are you yeah. willing to commit every Monday to this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, course. That's the yeah. most reluctant yeah, I've heard. No, uh, that wasn't reluctant. If you're watching the video, you can see my expression and it's very genuine. Okay. Oh, okay. Right, sure. right. We'll probably have to rewatch that to actually verify that. <laughs> yeah, but all the guys who are watching it right now can actually verify what was this guy being genuine. But anyway, yes. that's not today's topic, right? So today, as you can see, today's topic is, let me just take a look. Uh, is a public order act good for Singapore? All right. Um, I think everyone, I don't know if you guys seen, uh, the recent approval of Nas Daily's fan meetup just over the weekend yeah, yeah. has sparked some debate over the use of the public order. And some netizens have split over discussions of biases and unfair practices as well as, as the relevancy of the act in Singapore in society. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Right, so what we're talking about is the public order act, right? Okay, the PA. POA. POA, sure. that's right. POA. Principle sure. of account. No, yes, no, no. But what about, about the policy, <laughs> not the subject? That's why. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I assume you got me on because you know I'm quite a troublemaker. Yeah, we got Actually, you because yeah, you're like an artist. And, I'm, uh, I'm oh. like Nas Daily. I do like YouTube. I do like videos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Willie and I have been trying to bring guests onto our show. And uh, when we did this, we were like, let's find a protester. Uh, and Willie immediately said, oh, let's get Elliot. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. Elliot. I'm 100% a protester in my uh, daily life. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is publicly consumable, so anyone who is listening <laughs> to this now has you on record saying... Say that. I'm a protester yeah. for life, yeah. Um, Great. But yeah, I mean, what you were talking about, Nas Daily, the Singapore Police Force actually commented that the whole event was non-cause based. Right. right. So that's a very important term, this whole idea of cause-based and non-cause-based. Yes. Uh, and they basically said, you know, other non-cause-based events have been held outside of the Speaker's Corner before without the need for a police permit uh, in the past. Although um, the examples that they cited were Chris Hemsworth. 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 Yeah. I don't know why my list came out. Uh, <laughs> at the Marina Bay Sands and uh, Fan Wong at another like celebrity event. I'm not sure if those are exactly what people were comparing this to, but... But well, unless, of course, uh, Fan Wong was, uh, has a cause. Has a cause. I'm not really entirely sure. Right. I'm yeah. talking about Fan Wong Improving cause. the money yeah. in our bank account. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. That's a cause I'm willing to uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody's pretty divided in this area. I mean, there, there was an activist, uh, quite prominent, right? Kristen Tan, right? Kristen Tan, yeah. Who gave her views on her blog that, quote, these are all activities that NAS can and should be able to do, right? So she approves it. But speaking of the NAS meetup, uh, further adding that, that um, the issue is uh, is who isn't allowed to do these things rather than who, who is, is allowed. allowed. Right, right, right. right. So I, I think that's that's where maybe that's where the debate might be. I think a lot of contention that we're going to discuss today will be around that, right? Like what are the limits or what are the uh, premises of what we can, yeah. can or cannot do? And uh, historically, where has this sprung from as well? Exactly. So before we get into the, the string of all discussions, and maybe I, I think uh, maybe let's just like have an understanding, you know, like... Uh, what are your views, Rovic, about the POA? And the, the Public Order Act? Yes, exactly. Uh, of principal accounts, because I don't really like either. Yeah, of course, we're talking about <laughs> You don't like either. Very good. So uh, you're against this, yeah? Uh, I have critiques and questions about the Public Order Act. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the main thing is, as with most policies in Singapore, um, there are certain areas where I like ambiguity and I like, like a degree of discretion. Uh, in this case, I don't. I want it to be very clearly known what exactly is not allowed and what is allowed. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that allows us to understand exactly where the priorities are. I think with a lot of the definitions of the public order, which we'll probably jump into sure. later, uh, we'll see that there's a lot of ambiguity that allows for interpretation based on, you know, someone's uh, decision at that point in time. So definitely somewhat uh, not too agreeable with the public order, or, or rather you have certain uh, misgivings, misgivings or right. maybe some and I think, critiques about it. Yeah, and I think that also stems from a deeper belief in the role of public involvement and, uh, in activism, as well as like people being able to, 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 to have a voice in Singapore. Right. And how, right. That should, and how that should and should not be restricted from looking like. 
Yeah, I, right. see, I see. Right. And how about you, good sir? You good activist? I mean, artist. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty. I'm pretty cool. I mean, even as an artist, I'm pretty cool with like the public order. I, so far as it's been used in Singapore, I don't think it's overstepped its boundaries most of the time. And even when they when it has happened, it's like for these really fringe cases. Or, or there, there are times when I feel it it can be just about at least argue that it's useful in Singapore. Right. In the in the current context, at least. Okay. Um, yeah. So. I, I, I do understand where you're coming from, Rovic, like in the sense that... We haven't um, even started. I, I, <laughs> it's already considered. I think your position, your, your position where ambiguity is concerned, like, totally, I get it. Like, sometimes yeah. I don't want ambiguity and it kind of scares me because that means people can, like, argue for a certain way even though it's not clearly stated right. in the rules. Um, but until I'm proven wrong, I, I'm pretty much chill with a lot of things. Okay, let's prove mm-hmm. you wrong. <laughs> anyway, just to re-highlight for those who are just watching, uh, today's discussion is a public order act good for Singapore? But of course, let's let's of course define what we mean by good here. Okay. All right. So there are two areas that we're talking about good. One is called social progress, okay. and the other one is called social stability. stability. Right. 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 So is a public order act good for Singapore in the areas of social progress and social stability? So that way, it's easier to easier to uh, talk about the right. subject rather than so carrying over the shop. We're talking about social progress in terms of like us as a country developing or like us as our sensibilities? Uh, it could be social progress as an individual or social progress as a whole. Okay. It could be uh, social stability as an individual or as a society, a society. as well. Okay, cool, right? cool, cool. So I, I, think, I think to that degree, as long as we fit these two things, then I think it's worth a discussion as well. Okay, cool. But first, before we go on, everyone, if you have a view or just a random thought on this discussion, please leave a comment below and we might just talk about it in this video, all right? So anyway, the first thing we want to do, of course, is to let everybody know what exactly is the Public Order Act, right? Okay. Before we go into a really uh, heated discussion, right, I suppose, right. I hope it's... okay. I know, it will definitely be a heated discussion. Really? There's Rovik and I on this thing already. Okay, so sure. so what, what is the Public Order Act? Um, the Public Order Act uh, was passed in Parliament and came into effect in 2009. Mm-hmm. And the Act regulates assemblies and processions in public places. Right. Uh, provides, us, uh, provides powers necessary for preserving public order and safety at special event areas and public places. Right. I just realized that the Public Order Act is celebrating its 10-year anniversary. Yeah, uh, yeah. Public Order Act. Uh, yeah, just right. 2019. Yeah, yeah. Was, what a way. What a big way fan, to celebrate. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> One decade of power. So why do we need the Public Order Act? Uh, well, there are a lot of reasons why we need the Public Order Act, or at least okay. outlined by uh, the powers that may be. Okay. So anyway, what we're reading on from is actually from uh, the... Ministry of Home Affairs okay. site as well. The definitions of what I mean, uh, POA. Yeah, okay, cool, right. cool, cool. Uh, so the Public Order Act is mm-hmm. part of a continuous review of how we manage the desire for public expression. Okay. It provides us uh, the, for the individual rights for political expression okay, political without expression. compromising society's need for order and stability. Okay. And, and there are a few ways they, they do this, right? Okay. First, they distinguish between activities which inher- with inherently higher public order risk from those with lower risk. So, okay. Uh, if something is more threatening, then of course they want to step sure. down, right? Of course. They'll distinguish those things. Right, right. Uh, secondly, it's a way to empower the police to effectively intervene and diffuse dynamic situations on the right. ground with options to calibrate such interventions in an appropriate, measured, and balanced manner. So okay. um, they might, you know, like stop me from filming certain things, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they can kind of step in and say, like, hey, please don't film this area. It's top secret or, or whatnot. Okay, yeah. or this might be causing some problem of uh, safety, public safety, safety as well. Yeah, probably safety, distress, you know, there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of things that can, that, uh, can come into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, next part is that they try to make clearer, as part of the application requirement, the public order grounds by which police may approve, reject, or cancel an application and the procedure of appeals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next, they allow the police to distinguish between cause-related activities, as you mentioned yeah, we just talked now. About that and social, recreational, or cultural activities so as to accord them different extent of regulatory oversight. Right, yeah. right, right. And the last one being? Uh, so, and the last one, they will set out clear and transparent frameworks that can be evolved over time in tandem with social changes. Okay, so, so I mean, Robert, we, we talked about the fact that there, there was some uh, ambiguity to this. Do you think that by reading all these positions that I think the MHA was actually... Uh, citing. Do you think this is defined enough or should we? do you think that there needs to be more definition? Well, so key things, right? What is a cause-related activity? Right. Right. Second thing, what does it mean to uh, 
effectively intervene and diffuse dynamic, dynamically uh, situations, right? There are different degrees of intervention uh, and your choice to, to intervene needs to be rules-based almost, right? right? And, and I think a lot of times there's the degree of discretion that, that I personally am not sure like what exactly that it's based on. Sure. Right? Uh, and and we'll, we'll talk about it, right? Because I think what, what I do appreciate about the Public Order Act is that it is, it is not incredibly original. It is okay. in fact a successor to two different acts, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the first act that it's a successor to is the Public Entertainment and Meetings Act, which both of these acts, right, we are still in, 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 in implementation. So the Public sure. Entertainment and Meetings Act, PEMA, uh, and the other one is the miscellaneous of offenses, uh, specifically the public order and nuisance uh, portion of the act. Okay. So the public order act takes PEMA, takes the miscellaneous offenses act, takes what overlaps between them and tries to provide a consistent legal framework for both of these acts. Right. Right. right? And in some ways, it, what I appreciate about it is that it's basically saying, look, these two acts weren't that clear. Uh, right. And they had a lot of overlap. I'm going to try to make it clear. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it is an effort. I understand. Uh, but I think the whole spirit of it is still in that area of of um, discretion being held by by a certain few uh, that that I don't really think uh, is is what a country needs uh, with with some of these things, uh, especially when they say, you know, one of the last things in in, in the and the, and the point is, is that it sets up a clear and transparent framework that can be evolved over time in tandem with societal changes. Right. What are the triggers for these societal changes? Sure. Right. What are the triggers for these uh, so uh, who, revisions? So in, in, in that sense, um, I mean, before solutioning is, who do you think should hold the keys to then, uh, to determine this exactly then? Who would be the best agency or person or society? Oh, I don't even think this act should be in place. Right. So it, the question is a, is a non-question because, uh, like, I don't think uh, someone should be deciding these things. I think there are certain hard lines that I agree uh, why the Public Order Act in, in spirit should exist. And the key one that they have described is a terrorism prevention, mm-hmm. right? Anything that prevents terrorism, anything that prevents uh, acts of violence, uh, ex, 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 uh, explicit hatred, I think those are clear things that, honestly, are already protected under the public order and nuisance uh, portion of the Miscellaneous Offenses Act, right? Okay. Again, the main reason for the Public Order Act is to provide a legal framework for the police and for authorities to basically be able to, to, to provide, uh, to say yes or no to certain events being held, specifically cause-based versus social recreational events, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the key things that it says is that there are a number of activities that are already exempted from the Public Order Act that have uh, probably are the same activities that have been exempted under the PEMA and the, and the Miscellaneous Offenses Act, right? So these are, you know, fundraising events. Uh, these are sporting and recreational events. So all of these things that are basically, you know, theoretically by definition of Public Order Act, supposed to fall under it, they have already been accepted as exempted, right? right. Likelihood of a sporting and recreational event causing uh, destabilization or public instability, a public uh, mm-hmm. outcry is very low, uh, unless unless someone uh, upsets a team all of a sudden, which I... Yeah, you can have like a yeah. black metal run or something. Oh, yeah. They, oh, they could shut it down. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. which I guess happened. <laughs> right, I suppose, I mean, this is definitely a key, I mean, uh, right now, I mean, we're trying to define what POA is, mm-hmm. right? And right. of course, one one stickler to the point is actually what's the definition of a cause? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, what other methods would you then uh, decipher this? Or do you think that this should be a total elimination of the word cause and should be replaced by something else as well? I mean, what would, what would be a better adjective or, or, or descriptor or noun that would actually describe uh, exactly something that would destabilize society in uh, in a manner that might be uh, detrimental to society as a whole. I think I, I suppose that that is also very difficult to. to it's very difficult now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think what's interesting about this is that I, I agree, Rovik. Like the spirit of this act is yeah. very much necessary for the current times we live in, where yeah. things can be quite volatile. And uh, when we look at somewhere like let's say the U.S., right. where freedom of speech is like uh, you know it's it's a given, so you can you can spout anything you want, and the repercussions are basically between you and your peers. 
With something like this, you're mm. getting the intervention of a government body or the police force to step mm. in even before they can they can do that, right? Because they're vetting through with these permits and, uh, and, and as such. So let's say, for example, someone wanted to talk about something extreme like, let's say Amos, you wanted to hold a rally, right? Sure. Right. I mean, this this act itself could could step in and say, like, no, we won't allow sure, that I mean, the, to happen. He could hold the pro-pedophilia. Yeah, um, pro-pedophilia, like a gathering of like-minded individuals, you know, like right. you could name whoever you want to do. Right. But so in, in this case, what, what happens is uh, when you have the police able to step in and say no permits allowed, then great, we're out. But that isn't really a cause, right? You're, you're, you're contentioning yeah. whether the word cause is right. Maybe perhaps we should be looking at a more value-based system. Right. So we, we're evaluating based on what they're trying to promote. A cause kind of seems like you're fighting just for a particular thing, but not really the right. spirit of, I don't know. Right, right. So, so, I mean, going back to why this act exists, right? It's yeah. basically not, it is not so directly involved with freedom of speech per se. Mm -hmm. It is more directed at your ability to organize, yeah. right? Your ability to bring multiple people together in order to congregate around a certain topic, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's cause-based or not, uh, the Public Order Act basically is is normally one of the, the three acts that, that will come in, in, in tandem, right? right? Mm -hmm. So, um, the key question then is, are we are we okay with with someone saying, you know, you are not able to organize anywhere outside the speaker's corner? We'll talk about the speaker's corner later. Sure. I assume. Uh, are you okay with with someone having to say yes or no, right? Because I think the rule I'm not too sure about it is the rule is three or more as a crowd kind of thing. As long as there are more than the rest is illegal. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe. Maybe um, an illegal gathering is actually yeah. five or more individuals. Okay, yeah, five yeah. or more. Yeah. Right. So as long as there are five or more who are suddenly engaged in a cause base or on, you know, like if we have two more people here, yeah. right? And we are theoretically we're talking shot, about we're a, we're a cause. We're a cause. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, no, uh, right. And, and at that point, then it becomes then we we need to apply uh, for a permit or, or or maybe even one step back. We are now under the purview of this law. Law, law. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that makes sense as a, yeah. as a citizen. Now, now that you right? mentioned it, I don't think it, it, it really does. Right. This one thing which I want to identify is that this law or this act is so nebulous that even we are trying. It's a bit difficult to pin down exactly what it's trying to curtail. Right. Right. Like I don't. I'm, now we're talking about something a bit wider framed about mm. like are we are we a cause? <laughs> and if if so, whatever a cause it could be. Directly, you have this ability for the for the police or the government to like exactly. And see, that that is the best part about this, right? As long as we are scratching our heads, and the only people who actually understand this are the lawyers and 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 legislators. Yeah. Then that worries me even more, right? Because yeah. that means that right. people on the ground are they either have to be super educated or super like well in tune with the legal system yeah. in order to navigate this, or. Uh, you know, they will be just so intimidated that they'll just be like, I'm not going to do sure. anything. I mean, four, let's or the other way to look at this would be, we can look at what are the series of either arrests or when this, this public when order exactly, act was actually exactly. uh, used or utilized. That way will be an easier understanding of exactly how that usage will then translate to what exactly might define it. I, I disagree. I think mm -hmm. if you just look at the track record of usage, that doesn't really prevent its potential future usage for anything else that could be defined. Under, right? Yeah. Right, you're basically hey. saying, you know, person X has been using it uh, for for a reason uh, past twenty years, but theoretically, just because they haven't used it for reason B, uh, that doesn't mean they won't use it for reason B. Um, that that's equivalent to saying that um, why why, for example, the gun laws in the U.S. should remain because they don't trust their government as well, right? <laughs> for fear, well, for fear, uh, that fear. They, they mean, fear that they may not have uh, the potential to actually form a militia right against the government. Should the, the government be tyrannical? As I, well. think, I think I think it's a circular. Yeah, yeah it, it, it might be actually a it might be a circular discussion as well when when we approach this as well. But that's just my own opinion as well. Yeah, I but, love the government. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna watch your back, uh, Right. I mean, okay. I mean, I, we will. We well, we've got to save this debate. Just like, yeah, you know, just like, like but let's correct. let's try to define so that we get we arm ourselves with more information about exactly correct. it is. Okay. okay, there are actually four areas that we should talk about oh. in in the in the public so, order. Yes, yes. So that's one that is called uh, the main features, right? It's called enhanced ah. regulatory regime, okay. 
for assemblies and processions. Okay. There's one called the second one is called special event security mm -hmm. in which the public order can be used. There's something called the move on towers. All right, and the last one being the filming of security operations. Okay, I right. think that's that is something we talked about right. earlier. Right? This is the preamble. Yeah. I I read all four of those. Okay, the only one I didn't understand is why it's called move on powers. But we'll get to that. Okay, afterwards. sure, yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Well, yeah, and I and I think it's probably important for me to clarify that the when when it comes to the last three, yeah. right, filming of security operations, move on powers, and special event security, I'm actually okay with those. Right, I think because again they they align a lot with the ideas of like terrorism operations and, yep. and a lot of this stuff. I think it's the first one, uh, enhanced regulatory regime for assemblies and processions that uh, I think a lot of people, not just me, uh, have a lot of questions about. Right, right, definitely. And I think that, and I think that definitely something that every, if you guys are watching, please also air your views as for how you think, what areas of the, of the POA is actually something that you think it's a little uh, worrisome or maybe something that you're supporting, please write it on the comments as mm -hmm. well. Maybe let's let's get on to the definitions of the first one. We talk about assemblies and processions, right? Right, right. So this is from the MHA website, but let's just take a look. Uh, let's let's read it out. Right. In the past, cost-based activities were regulated together with recreations, so social, and commercial activities. I really talked about that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, and you yeah. talk about PIMA as uh, well as MOA, right? Yeah. So uh, the Public Order Act rationalizes both the PIMA and MOA MOA to provide a consistent legal framework for these activities. All cost-based activities are not regulated. Right. Now, how would that affect you? I think they were giving examples, right? So any individual or group who wishes to organize an assembly or procession uh, to A, demonstrate support for, uh, for or opposition to the views or actions of any persons, group or persons or, any, or any government, publicize a cause or a campaign, or C, mark or commemorate any event, must apply for a police permit at any neighborhood police center or via a police website. Uh, so this is, this is his definition. How, how would you not say that's ambiguous? Right. right? Uh, so uh, demonstrate support or for or opposition to views or actions of any person's group of persons or any government. Right. I think a lot of what so what a lot of people are critiquing Nas Daily about uh, or rather his event about was he was very explicitly in support of uh, the Singaporean government. Right. And, and a lot of people basically were saying, like, well, what do you want him to be like not supportive? Right. Uh, but but then. That, that is a good question, right? How come the only time when the public order act kicks in quite explicitly is when you're critical of 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 of, of something, but when you are supportive of, of the Singaporean government or the Singaporean nation, uh, while I'm supportive of the Singaporean nation, you know, I still think that the act should be applied in, in equivalence both ways. Well, I, I don't I know I don't necessarily understand whether Nas Daily was actually in support of the government or in support of what he sees as efficiencies within the country. Uh, I, I think Well that, he, he pretty explicitly said multiple times his support of really? Yeah. Really? I, I remember him going, I love Singapore. That's it. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, I don't think yeah, at least for myself, I, I really haven't heard him explicitly Well you should, saying, right. So you watch the yeah. videos yeah. And, 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 and and you will see that he basically explicitly calls out the government as a big reason for a lot of these things. Yeah. Right? Okay. And again, I'm not saying that he's wrong. Right, he is perfectly within his right to do it, and uh, I would agree. Right, I would agree that the Singaporean government is the reason for all these things. But it is also, by this definition, demonstrating support uh, to the actions of a government. <laughs> right. Uh, so, were you at the rally this week? No. I, I, I'm actually curious to know, like, what when he he didn't have to apply for a permit, right? But what did he what did he say? Like, like hey guys, I'm having this like. Meet and greet. Well, well yeah, it was like, I'm going to... So I, I actually uh, went to do my research. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. kind of find out. Yeah, most of the people who commented that they were there supported him because they loved his, his video travel. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, he probably didn't go there and go like, hey, guys, by the way, the government, bagus, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably not, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't think... I don't think he did that. I'm going to call it at least for the news report. Right, again, again, I'm not critiquing... Uh, I, I'm critiquing the arguments that were brought up. Right, right, right. right. So whether or not he did that <coughs> is one thing, right? But basically people were saying, you know, even if he was supporting the government, you know, he shouldn't have to apply for public order, right? Right. Okay. Regardless sure. of what he oh, said, right, actually, right, but, right, right, right. Right. the rhetoric of it. The rhetoric, yeah, yeah, yeah the sure. rhetoric of so, it. I so, it. so that is what I'm calling out. I'm calling out that basically people feel like that is a thing over here. Uh, and, and that ambiguity, again, 
it goes back right. to this, right? It's the ambiguity. It is the prevalence of the use of the act for a certain set of cases rather than the other. Uh, that is where I think a lot of these issues right. for me are. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, let, me ask, let me ask a question because this is something I'm sure. Mm -hmm. If I were to hold a rally against an order or a cause uh, within Hong Lim Park, for example, the Speaker's Corner, is that allowed? Uh, without a permit, yes. Without a permit, So it's Speaker's allowed. Corner, yes. Okay. You are allowed to, uh, I think we should pull out the actual material, but I think as long as you make the request within 30 days of your event, uh, right. all you have to do is to just notify them. Okay. Uh, and you can, you don't have to ask for a permit. There's no yes, there's no go, no go kind of decision. Okay. As long as you're not inside violence, as long as you're not uh, trying to create any kind of racial or religious. So like Ping Dot is perfectly cool. Yeah. Like, as long as you notify them. It's only yeah. Uh, okay. right? But yeah. it is, so that is also where there's a bit of ambiguity. I'm not too sure because I think the area where it becomes relevant is there is an indirect relation to religious belief, right? So uh, actually over here, so a number of activities are exempted under the Public Order Act, okay. uh, but the exact, but there are two sets of activities that, are, that will never be exempted, basically. Right. right. The first is anything that relates directly or indirectly to any religious belief mm -hmm. okay. uh, or any matter which may cause feelings of enmity, hatred, ill will, or hostility between different racial or religious groups. Mm -hmm. So directly or indirectly is the main phrase over here. Right. Uh, right. So even though Ping Dot, you know, regarding Section 377A and uh, LGBT uh, people in Singapore uh, is not really a religious thing yeah. directly. Sure. It is indirectly intertwined with a lot of the moral. Sure, but, uh, but once again, it's an allowed cause within the speaker's calling, correct? Uh, it is an allowed cause. Yeah, so I actually don't know if there was a permit uh, needed. I know that okay. Hong Lim Park, so. But it, anyway, it was, it was held in yeah. Hong Lim Park. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, it went through. It went through, right, yeah, yeah. right, right. I mean, you we kind of have to delink, right? The 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 use of Hong Lim Park and the use of the pub, right? So Hong Lim Park is a venue that you can use, and in Hong Lim Park, uh, the rule is that uh, you don't need a permit as long as it doesn't touch these things, right? Religious, racial mm -hmm. belief, or sure. terrorism, right. right? But if you happen to touch something with uh, certain of these sensitivities, then maybe a permit is needed. Right. Okay. Uh, even though you're using it at home. Sure. Uh, that's Good point. I, I mean, viewers, if, if you know the, if you know whether this particular thing requires a permit, please leave a comment as well. Right. I think it's something we got stuck right here. Right. But I, I think that also uh, maybe the Public Order Act uh, is is its jurisdiction is kind of like out of the Hong Lim Park. Is it? Yes. So it's everything right. except it's really, Hong Lim uh, Yeah. Park. It's so extraneous. Right. Yeah. So in, in that sense, I mean, it, it boils down to one question, which is why is there a Public Order Act? and the existence of a speaker's corner? So the Public Order Act, again, focuses on your ability to congregate, right? And it says that if you want to assemble and organize in any form, then yeah. the key consideration is public yeah. stability. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I imagine like an Occupy Wall Street thing in Singapore, and you know, you won't do it at Hong Lim Park. But yeah. So you to congregate at the CBD. So that one, Definitely yeah. a permit, right? Right, definitely yeah. a permit, okay. and most probably rejected. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, oh. I can. I yeah, can explain it but already. If you, want, if you want to do occupy, I don't know, occupy Hong Lim Park. No, that's not your. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. Which, in your, uh, I, in your uh, view, may be the very intent of it, right? Disrupting public way of life is the only way to call attention. Oh, not me, dude. Not me. No. Don't stop. Well, hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetical Occupy yeah. Wall Street uh, leader. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, Ali, I might. Ali so, so let's say, let's say I was to do it, then it would be rejected on the grounds that it is disturbing the everyday life of imposing people, other imposing people. Imposing other people. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. So public stability. Tete, so right, okay. right. So so it goes back to why such congregations are useful for right. for for civic discourse for. A citizen's ability to 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 derive meaning in their in their democracy, right, and all this kind of stuff. Because if you're able to organize and bring people together to talk about something, then that is your way of you know getting people to uh, advocate, getting people to uh, show support and demonstration mm. towards a certain value. And if all of that is congregated within one space, even though it may be more appropriate for a different space. Right then, 
Now that is again uh, uh, another critique I would have of, of such an act. I, I suppose I, I come from another view, which is uh, the availability of resources. <laughs> yeah, the is, pragmatist. Uh, the, okay. I mean, I mean, um, if if if, if, <laughs> yeah, if there were multiple protests going around in Singapore on multiple causes, there's uh, being proved, right? Yeah, not protests, uh, just, uh, causes. just causes, just right? Causes. Just causes, right. not protests, just yeah. causes, multiple causes, and assuming they become more dynamic in nature. We're just using the terms right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, more dynamic in nature. Yeah. Uh, I suppose the question would be: What would the availability of um, uh, public servants to actually handle such issues, or public servants actually handling all of these right, uh, right, right. Uh, different groups are sprouting out from different locations as well? I, I think this might actually be a, a situation of resources. And I'm not sure, but I'm just I'm just guessing. I mean, I, that's in a hypothetical world. Uh, yeah. So, so I, like, I mean, because that's what happened. Because if you have a cause and it's allowed to be spoken, yeah, and you can actually speak it at a designated area, yeah, is that uh, really a limitation of speech? Oh, so that's one thing. I mean, like, uh, yeah. and 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 by virtue of the fact that uh, being able to then have causes in multiple areas, uh, would that be a res- uh, not being able to? Would that, is that a restriction mm. in itself? So is is your voice actually heard? Yeah. Or is, is like you mentioned, is the ability to inconvenience other people, impose people simply because to to gain attention a necessary uh, necessary act to, uh, to to for example to air your views, right? So I I, I think these these my my view is that it could actually be uh, an issue of resources, resources. availability of resources. Yes. Yeah. But then again, we need to remind ourselves that if the issue is a resource constraint. Then what we're also saying is that then those who uh, are unhinged by some of these constraints, right, are the only ones who are able to demonstrate their views, right? And in this case, these are people who have existing platforms, people in power, people who have uh, institutions behind their back, right, rather than the the people on the ground, right? And and I find this resource argument slightly... Uh, privilege in that sense, where basically uh, it, it's saying that uh, just because um, it is it is a matter of, of a hypothetical constraint, then at the end of the day, we're going to curb some of these freedoms across people. I, I get it. I get it in Singapore, especially with with our concentration and with uh, resource constraint is like a, a term we grew up with, right? Um, that it, it is something that we always have to deal with. But I feel... Uh, I feel like a lot of these things end up biting the people who do need such uh, liberties at the end of the day. I mean, I mean, once again, the liberties are also being spotted in a, in a location. But anyway, I think let's get yeah. back to the yeah. next definition of the POA. And then three more. You know, the, the next uh, application. Yeah, right, yeah. the next application. The next application actually is called the Special Events Security. If you think that was actually kind of like iffy, then... Maybe the special event security might be... Well, this makes sense. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. this, this to me makes sense, okay, right? Sure. So basically, in the current security climate, all major international events are likely targets for terrorism. Okay. Sure. Accepted. Mm-hmm. Right? As Singapore plays host to a lot of these events, uh, the priority is to ensure the safety and security of delegates and the public during such events. You know, it's a credibility, safety sure. kind of thing. Sure. Uh, so what happens then is uh, if... Under the Public Order Act, the minister can basically say this event is a special event. And once it's declared a special event, then the police are allowed to exercise powers to preserve public order and safety, meaning that any kind of uh, congregation or, or any kind of like assembly in these areas are, are prohibited. right? So uh, what the MHA says is that only major events that are national importance will be declared as special events. But if such an event is declared then the police were able to exercise enhanced powers uh, to preserve public order. So that means they can prohibit certain items, Mm -hmm. they can stop and search, they can make arrests, uh, carry out security screenings, and request reasons for entry and deny entry. So a lot of this is, is again, in the spirit of maintaining public order. Right. Uh, And, yeah, the commissioner of of, of the police has the power to issue directions, the event organizers, you know, uh, within a special event area, take steps to facilitate the security of the area. Right. Okay. So, I mean, this this to me is quite straightforward, honestly, compared yeah. to like the first one, which is like trying to just trying to um, outline the parameters of what can or cannot work. But this is just like if shit goes down, we're going in, right? Right. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> I just lay into this thing down. So, oh. this is agreeable for you. 
Yeah, that is why it's, 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 it's not even shit, if shit goes down. It's if this is a big event, we are going to be extra precautionary. Yeah. And that is part of our policy. Okay. Yeah. Right? Okay, sure. Uh, if this potential for shit go, to go down, we'll be there. Right. But this, I mean, this makes sense. This is like, think about NDP, right? You want to be able to have like uh, protocols and, and barriers to prevent, yeah, uh, sure. to, mm-hmm. to enhance your security. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I think the powers that they have described there, as far as I can read, I'm, I'm not sure that. Uh, extra powers that I'm because basically it says able to exercise enhanced powers. The only powers that they that they do read are prohibit certain items. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Stop and search. Uh, slightly bordering, so but okay, sure, I'm yeah. still okay with it. Making arrests, carry out security screenings, makes sense. And request reasons for deny and deny entry. Sure, right? Because I mean, if you're going to the national Day parade and you look suspicious, I would want my police to be able to say stop. I have the power to search you. Yeah. And see if you are carrying anything illegal. Yeah. Okay, right? yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm yeah, okay yeah. with this part of the public order. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the key thing is that it has to be declared a special event. So this is not any go lucky like uh, someone's running, uh, you know, a 2.4 kilometer run, and then the police is like, he looks suspicious. I'm going to do something. Right. 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 If right. I ran the way for the police, yeah. 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 And Nash Daily is not a daily special. It's not a daily special. It's yeah. daily. It's just he's My definition of the name. Okay, that's great. I mean, seems like we have no problems with the special events. I mean, if the viewers uh, uh, have a problem, please actually mm-hmm. leave a comment. Yeah. yeah. Let's go on to number, number three, three, right? Yeah. Number three. I'm glad you right. agree with that one, yeah. Okay, okay this, this one. Maybe this I one. can try to explain this, all right? Yes, yes. Move on powers, all right? So let's read this up, okay? So in dealing with public order incidents mm-hmm. under previous laws, police had two options, right? So this is talking about the past. First, to observe and warn the person at, that he has committed an offense but follow up with a post-event investigation if it's not a seizable offence, which means that... Not directly against hey, the law. What are you doing, huh? Okay, okay. Uh, we talk about it later. <laughs> That's actually what it great. is. Uh, there was some great... Reenactment. Yeah, exactly. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> and the second is to arrest the person if his actions amount to build, amount to a seizable offence. Yeah, so, so this actually is very limiting in nature. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the first option is unsatisfactory as it essentially allows an illegal situation to continue and presents very limited scope for enforcement officers to stop incident from escalating further and causing further damage mm-hmm. if it's not under, if it's not seizable, essentially. So there's some loopholes. And the second option is uniformly tough and gives no flexibility to the police in cases where the person or group does not pose a threat and amenable to counsel. Amenable to counsel. Sorry, yeah, amenable to counsel. So essentially what happens is that there's something called a move-on power. Essentially, you're able to move from first order, which is you don't do anything, all the way to the, the order in which you're able to arrest. Mm-hmm. So it's like a spectrum. Okay. Yeah, so that's what the move-on powers essentially allow. Right. Right. So right. If, if a person is not a seizable offense, but has the potential to amount to something that's dangerous, it could also be actually stopped from doing so. Okay. Right. So how would it affect you? Move on powers are used to deal with public order incidents. Or oh, a police officer of the rank of sergeant or her can direct a person or groups of person to move out of a designated area for a period of up to 24 hours for offenses in the Public Order Act. That's what it can do, right? It can also be used when an offense under the POA is about to be committed or when an offense under the POA has been committed but there is no imminent danger or threat that requires an outright arrest. Hmm. Okay, right? now- this is interesting. Right. This is interesting. It makes sense. So if the person has uh, has already uh, committed an act, mm-hmm. but you don't want to arrest them immediately, you can you can do so. Uh, you can just tell me, you know, may uh, just leave or something like this. Or, or move on. Or move on. Yeah. Ah, it's called move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's right. like it's a bit troubling to me though. I I don't know if this for you, but this reminds me of Minority Report. It's like we sort of preempt that something may or may not happen, and therefore take action before. That. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there's, there's, yeah, there's a degree right. of discretion again yeah, right, yeah, yeah. that we do not know the rules about. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I so it, this is difficult for me because you know having been in some difficult situations before, you can totally see. You know, there are some places where you kind of have to make a judgment call, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You you see certain things Definitely. happening, and there maybe is no precedent, maybe there are no actual rules, and you know you just have to 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 make a judgment call and say the probability of something happening is 60% and that's too high for me, right? right? Um, having said that, then yes, there's also, you know, what if the person says, look, nothing is going to happen. I promise you nothing's going to happen. But the right. police are basically saying, well, I think something's going to happen. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, I, I'll, g- I'll give you a good yeah. example. It's like the, 
when Whiting, when they came to Singapore to play, right, they, they had some songs that they couldn't play already. Right. right. That was like, they, when they, they applied to come and play here, it was like, okay, these songs, a bit of religious sensitivity, we won't play them. And basically got approved. But then when they were here already, and then it's like, well, now the, the danger is on the rise, or at right. least they perceive it that way. Nothing had happened. No, there was no violence. There was no like metal kids beating each other up. There was no anti-religious uh, slurs or incit- incitations. And yet, boom, it was closed. I mean, that kind of seems in the same, a similar vein to me. I'm right. not saying it's the same, but right, right. I think it's a You should watch vein. our previous episode, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which I obviously have it on my podcast, <laughs> which I just haven't got uh, to yeah. yet. And guys, download the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Very important. Yeah. So Spotify <laughs> and iTunes. Right. So definitely not a cause because we're trying to promote our podcast. No, no, of course, of course not. Only two of us. We're not big enough to be a cause yet. So let me, let me read on. So a move on order may remain in force for up to a maximum of 24 hours. Okay. And it can include a distance and direction a person must move or a distance from a place which a person must not enter for a maximum period of 24 hours. So there's an effect, which essentially it's uh, within a period of 24 hours. Yeah, right? it's like playing Monopoly, right? Yeah. Don't pass, go, don't collect 2,000. Yeah, just stay in jail. Just stay in jail. But that's perpetual. Oh, Until yes, you roll yourself out. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> this, this, year, this, this ends in 24 hours. Okay, fast, right. fast, So fast. an off- off- offence occurs when a person without reasonable excuse fails to comply with any direction of the police officer. The move-on order will be in the form of a written order. It will be accompanied with a map demarcating the area for the person to move out. Also, it's pretty official. Really cool. I mean, you guys say, hey, you got to move out. Wait, hold on, all right? Let me just write it for a while. Okay, let me just draw this map. All right, Give yeah. me the Google <laughs> map instructions. Yeah. Right. Like, turn right in right, 200 guys, meters. No, no, I, I, I took the last 20 minutes drawing this out, so you better, <laughs> you better follow it. Okay, <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So essentially, that's move on powers. Yeah. Okay, the next one I think uh, that's close to us is the filming of security operations. Yes. So filming, all those are filming. We're right all now. in the production yeah. industry. Oh, but, but it's a security operation. Of course. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, what, what do you think we're not security? No. Security? No way. So when it comes to filming of security operations, there are some specific situations where recording an ongoing incident can potentially jeopardize the success mm-hmm. of security operations or the safety of officers. Mm-hmm. For instance, in a counter-terrorism operation, uh, real-time coverage of a storming operation can expose security officers and hostages to greater danger as it can undermine the elements of surprise critical to such missions. Right. So as such, uh, other, other situations include instances where the identity of an officer carrying out the sensitive covert operations can be compromised by the dissemination of photo or video capture of the operation. Right. Yeah. Actually, this happened in, I think, it's like one of the wars, in American wars. Is it? Yeah, where actually there was a news coverage about a potential strike, okay. and then they watched it on the news. Oh, wow. And then, <laughs> then, then the enemy, then knew, enemy was like, knew about it, and then yeah. they basically like, can you stop filming? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, you're a, jeopardizing it's the same thing with like a bunch yeah. of like, when, when there's a kidnapping or a hostage situation, then they also prohibit the filming because they know that if the, if the hostage holder, the kidnapper basically knows that the police are coming in from TV. Yeah, exactly, from which direction <laughs> yeah, as well. Then, then yeah, it doesn't make sense. That's, so, like, yeah. that's such a good episode of CSI. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think there are many shows about that as well. Yeah, there must where, be. Where, where, where the criminals are actually watching TV. Oh, I see. Is that what <laughs> I have the rule shoot on. Then, then this, this particular officer goes like, no, don't, don't film. No, <laughs> don't. Get out of here, you rescue <laughs> journalist. Right. So, so this act empowers a law enforcement officer to direct any person to stop filming or take photographs, uh, you know, so that they, they can't exhibit or communicate whatever they've taken to prejudice the effective conduct right. of an ongoing operation. Mm-hmm. So uh, this makes sense. <laughs> this yeah. isn't too controversial, I feel. Right. Uh, the only way I could see it being uh, controversial is someone says, you know, we should have a freedom, uh, you know, to... to freedom of information kind of thing. Yeah. But um, my personal belief uh, in an idea of freedoms is that all freedoms must come with responsibilities, uh, but freedoms need to be given. Yeah. Right. So, so that means like in this case, the responsibility is that you don't compromise uh, an operation. Sure. That, I'm, but, but I mean, I mean, I was, I'll say on the other hand, which is for example, what defines a security operation, yeah. right? Yeah. So if, for example, if, if somebody were to believe that their rights were being, jeopardized and not allowed to film. Okay, yeah. Off. Right. So, so yeah. we'll give an example, right? Mm-hmm. Like for example, uh, and this is an American example. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I hope it never happens in Singapore, but it's an American example. Uh, when uh, uh, 
a minority uh, citizen is being frisked uh, for guns, for example, or, mm-hmm. or, or drugs, and and the other person wants to take a, a a video just to make sure that there's no abuse happening, mm-hmm. right? Would that be covered under this? Yeah, that's that's my. I think that's really this issue as yeah, well exactly. because in this one it says an ongoing incident that completely jeopardizes the success of security operations or the safety of officers. Like that in itself can be spun in a way. It's like, well, what is uh, what line is it an ongoing operation? That what the example that we give in this one, the instance is like a big counterterrorism operation. Right, and I think that's the spirit of it. A security operation doesn't yeah. really. Make you think of like a, a small stop and search. Yes, kind exactly. Of thing. But you could. You know, but it's yeah, because it's not it. exactly. Yeah. It's not phrased in such a way that it's only applicable to big official military, like or or police force, right? Anti-terrorism threats, yeah. right? This is basically as long as it can be seen as an ongoing incident that jeopardizes the success of its of its operation and the safety, in particular, of the officers themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not only just citizens, but. It's, here. I mean, we've seen, so yeah, we've seen, uh, for example, I mean, I've seen during traffic incidents mm-hmm. where the, maybe the traffic police or even a regular police officer is interacting with someone who's broken a, a rule or law. Mm-hmm. The person will whip out a camera and start filming it. Yeah. Uh, I've not seen the police officer say, you can't take a photo of me. Yeah. So I think in the most part, we we should be okay uh, I think the good thing about most of these laws is that when they are being debated in Parliament, a lot of that is what is being used in the courts uh, to to justify if it's the intention of the law or not. Sure, uh, sure. But but I mean, going on to the the, the same point from the beginning, right? The powers bit B, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they were to be tyrannical, right? Wouldn't the definition of a security operation will be something that will be contention, right? Oh yeah, yeah, right. So I, I suppose the question is then who will be the governing person or agency that will govern the overlooking, for example, this particular law? Or should an individual yeah. or an authority or, or a group or a society be the uh, the people that actually make make, make a judgment in this absolutely, area? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It, might, it, it should just come down to these three guys on the podcast, I think. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> I define right. security. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, the one thing that I found interesting is that there is a one avenue of recourse, or one available avenue of recourse that I know that we know of, mm-hmm. uh, which is the advisory committee for move on and filming orders. Mm-hmm. So basically, the the subscript that is written is while we remain confident, we meaning MHA, right. uh, confident of the professionalism and object- objectivity of our law enforcement officers in exercising move on and filming powers, mm-hmm. we have taken in feedback and set up an advisory committee for move on and filming orders to provide an independent view on any appeal on the issuance of move on and filming orders. Okay. So it's made up of chairman, alternate chairman, and three members. And it's similar to other committees, uh, councils, the boards that currently exist. It's a very formulaic way that the government has approached oh, a lot of these uh, issues, right? right? Because yeah. it basically says, I, I, I recognize that you may see potential for abuse. We're going to set up a committee are going to rely on the courts. That's another way that they do it yeah. Yeah. Uh, to to help you prevent it. Rather than putting it into the rule of law, you know, we'll we'll leave that ambiguity let's, there. Let's say some reviewers <laughs> just constantly we'll have a this. reviewer, and then we'll yeah. also have a framework that evolves according to societal norms. Right? Um, yeah. These fr- we've done enough of these episodes where we see this pattern. It's almost like you're repeating the same <laughs> thing every single time. That's exactly why we do we do this podcast, Willie. It's so that we can see that these patterns keep coming back. Oh, so aren't we the reviewers right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who will watch the the committees? Batman. <laughs> 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 yeah. Right. I mean, our ability to do this is still pretty good that we have that freedom mm-hmm. uh, to to have this podcast and put it on live uh, that that people can can listen and and. And realize that there is a critique that's possible. Right. Um, and how would you do it any other way? I mean, without the existence of uh, supposed formal committees and elected, uh, or rather, um, voluntold individuals to uh, to be on these uh, councils. Well, we'll say what you mean, right? If you want something, put it in the law mm-hmm. strictly. And if you want to add something to that, add it. Right? Don't create this range of ambiguity where then you create this potential fear. And more importantly, you mm-hmm. create... Uh, an inability for a layperson, someone like me, to be able to understand 
uh, without taking like five times to read it through. Right. Sure. Let's be fair. Like you're not really a lay person. Right. So maybe I'm let's let's go into uh, certain <laughs> things of where actually the POA is being utilized. Right. Yeah. I, and I think, and I, I think that's something that we, we can use an example and really really talk it through like whether this example was really utilized correctly or something that is worth uh, debating about as well. Right. So let's talk about this very first one. This one the Straits Times and this activist called Jolovan Wang. Wow, that's a pretty... This was, I mean, this was just this year. Pretty wow. sure oh, you're saying his name wrong. Oh, wow. Wow, Wang, wow. Wang, wow. wow. <laughs> like this, like the bed, right? Yeah. Like the, the old school 90s of... Maybe that's right. Jolovan, if you're listening to us and... Or pronouncing your name wrong, it's all on Willie. All right, sorry. I, I, I'll take part of the responsibility yeah. for, for enabling him. I, I think nowadays you can leave like an audio clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just record just just pronounce it. Yeah. So um, he's an activist. So this all happened right. on the 21st Feb. Or this was reported 21st Feb 2019. This was actually his fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, civil rights activist uh, Joel Levan was fined $3,000 on Thursday, that's February the 21st, I for see. organizing a public assembly without permit in 2016. So this is actually wonderful for quite a while. Oh, I took three years for him yeah. if I did. And for refusing to sign the statement he gave to the police on the case, mm -hmm. he was found guilty of organizing an event called Civil Disobedience and Social mo uh, Movements uh, without a permit at the Agora, an indoor event venue on November 26, 2016. Wow. Right, right. Okay. So I think... Was this the one with uh, the Hong Kong activists? I think this is the yes, one. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So there was a Skype call from a, a Occupy Hong Kong. Uh, I think something like this activist from Hong Kong was Skyped right, in to right, give right. his views about uh, uh, the topic about civil uh, disobedience and social movements. Right, right, right. right. And also they, uh, I think there were excerpts or quotes from Kristen Tan's written blogs as well. Yeah. So uh, essentially, he was fined three thousand two hundred dollars for holding this uh, supposed right. uh, uh, event. I mean, yeah. uh, the Public Order Act exists, so in this case, he should have probably realized that he needs to apply for it. Having said that, you can still debate the actual efficacy of the act itself. Uh, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't name my my rally civil disobedience. It's kind of long, right? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Like, I call it like CDSM. I don't be like. How, how to do social movements in 2019. Be, like, it's much more convenient. than... Oh, well, this was in 2016, so... Dude, even in 2016, I was more than that. Yeah, I think this, like, knowing that there is uh, an act, it should at least give us a hint to us, like, you right. have to do... Like, as much as we don't like it, right. sometimes the channels are... Okay, channels. interesting to note, uh, Jolovan actually acquired about whether he requires a permit, which uh -huh. uh, I think it was SPF actually gave him notice, but he didn't go ahead to... Um, so he said, please apply. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, which it. he didn't apply. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. which he didn't try to apply. So this, this is an interesting point to know yeah. as well. Yeah. And and I also feel, I mean... So the question, yeah. the question is, should, let's say that in the absence of an act, or rather in the yeah. debate of such an act, would we want him, hypothetically, to be able to organize such an event without needing such permits? I, don't, I, I think I think permits are, are helpful uh, at least for scanning and scheming through. Mm -hmm. And that's just that's just personally like I, if 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 something was really a big threat, and uh, it would be skimmed out by the police first. And secondly, if I didn't think it was a big threat and I got rejected for my permit, I would just go on social media and say like, man, I can't believe this thing got rejected, and see what's the response for that. Right. Well, you shouldn't have to do that. You should be able to have your event and. If you are doing something terrorism related, then it is on the police's job to, to clamp but, you but down. How is it? How are they going to find out? Yeah. Well, also, if you're having a terrorism related event, you're not going to apply for a permit. That's not going to be. But, okay, the, so that's the, a very extreme the, case. The that's a very list. extreme case. Let's say I want to do something like uh, something intellectual, like right. like cannibalism in the modern day. I mean, it's not it's not extremely like out there, but it could be a threat if you go like you know technically. Uh, let's say we did something like, oh, technically Singaporeans are twenty percent tastier than Malaysians, you know? <laughs> Dude, I mean, people come up with these kind of crazy stats. Hey, is know? that is that a, is that would you say that's a threat to like stability? I think it would be, and I would love them to cut it out like, before before it goes out. No, but that that is exactly where you want civil like civic organizations to be able to push back by themselves. You right, don't, you right. Don't you don't want, want the police to be like, yeah, the arbitrator. Yes no. Okay, okay. Yeah. Of such I'm, I'm very cool with the police arbitrating. Wait, so, so you're saying that 
the people that should be monitoring or mediating such a situation yeah. are, is, is essentially some level of civil discourse. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he's talking about like from a, from the, from from the ground up, ground up sort of like response and yeah. and balance and check. Because because it is also through that that you get to reflect societal norms, right? Okay. It is when people are able to push back against one. Right. one. Okay. I find I find that if Jolivant actually tried to hold this event mm -hmm. in the speaker's corner, you'll be approved. I think if you apply for it, it'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that Well no, yeah, so if he applied for a permit or he went to the speaker. Yeah, yeah, he would have gotten approved. Exactly. I, my my debate is whether he should have whether, he that one in the yeah, first place. Is it is it is it good does it actually create more good? For him to have uh, needed a permit. Oh well, I think by the act alone of him already informing SPF whether this is an allowable thing and they requesting that they submit a permit, it's really an act of certain level understanding. I suppose I'm no, sorry. no. So my debate yeah. is not whether what he did was right or wrong. My debate is whether he should have even ever needed a permit. Yeah, sure, this, this event, if let's say the POA uh, was it was something that's being debated in Parliament rather than an actual implemented force, sure. right? Uh, if you were to take this event, would you say that it should be applicable for some kind of, of, of over, oversight? I would say no. I would say yes, because of resources. I would say that, for example, if every individual were to apply for some form of uh, cause or gathering, right? Very large cause or gatherings, right? Although seemingly harmless, but large congregations that were actually happening and their targets, or their causes for targets to happen, then we've got a problem. I think the other notion is that, for example, the pink dot, uh, the Pink Dot event was actually allowed to happen in Singapore, but what wasn't allowed was the fact that they didn't allow foreigners to actually attend it as well. So, I, think, I mean, another thing that you're mentioning here then yeah. is that this kind of uh, permit-seeking behavior also allows oversight of the participants uh, that are potentially going to be there, right? Whether foreigners should be allowed and all this kind of stuff. It allows that kind of influence and things because if in a world without permits, then I could hypothetically host an event with foreigners involved um, and then and no one would know, right? right. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, if it's, I, it's a I, large body, I, I suppose, yes, if you have a, if a wine and dine with your friends who are a bunch of, uh, with a bunch of foreigners, not non-Singaporeans, yeah, I think that's fine. But I think if it's a large movement of individuals, like for example, you had like a, a bunch of people flying in from different countries and then like not yeah. holding at a rally, I think that would be something that may cause quite serious issues because this is something that's uh, very and, difficult to manage as well. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I think that will go down to like the security aspect, not so much the value aspect of these things. Yeah, I would be concerned if, let's say, AMC held a pedophilia convention. And, and, and everybody flew in? And everyone came in. <laughs> no, and not just everyone came in, but like, it just became this, uh, if I didn't need a permit, then we would have, yes, I'm sure there'll be some public pushback, right. but there will also be some level of influence that happens that was not prevented. Okay, so can we accept, for example, mm -hmm. that that cannibalism and pedophilia are two things that we don't want in our country? That that let's say ninety five percent of our citizens, do we think that ninety five percent of our citizens would say we don't want cannibalism and pedophilia? Yes. Yes. Okay. Then let's put that on the law and say any event that encourages yes. cannibalism <laughs> and pedophilia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't leave ambiguity. Like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I suppose that, I, 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 cool. yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, do you think something like civil disobedience and social movements should be on the same list? I, I would say that. Look, look. For example, well, say yes or no question. Uh, I think this this question is more dynamic. Let me let me give it a view. Right. Um, for example, do you think society should accept LGBT? For example, very sensitive topic, right? Now. Right. Okay. Um, I think there's a recent poll as well done by Singaporeans, right? Right. And a, a lot of individuals say that Singaporeans, or maybe certain individuals from Singaporeans, aren't very progressive because a lot of people in the sample. Let's be very clear. Okay, sure. All right. A lot of people in the sample actually feel that maybe like I think it was 54 percent of the sample said that uh, they weren't accepting of this, and maybe the remainder, which is 46 percent, actually were accepting of of LGBT, and actually was the older generation. Now, now the question would be that. If we had in the, uh, accepted that into the law, will we have will we have opportunity, for example, to accept LGBT in society? Yeah. So my my statement is, if there is a room for discourse, you don't need a permit for it. But if there are certain things that you don't want to to, to have public gatherings on and put it into the rule of but, law, but how do you define what is acceptable now and in the future? Well, it tells me what you care about, right? If you are telling me that civil disobedience and social movements are things that people should be able to talk about, then allow it. 
uh, and you know your hypothetical argument that you've been bringing up as counter arguments, pedophilia and cannibalism, well, then exclude I'm, it. Well, I'm talking about extremist extremities. Right. So mm -hmm. things that can be disguised as intellectual discussion. Yeah. But can be a, a, a way of threatening, like let's say, civil discourse. I'm not about stability and progress, not in the sense of what I believe in, because right. like, I believe intellectual discussions are very important. Right. Right. But I don't want it to be a case that we are using uh, permits or, or the lack of permits and using intellectual discourse as a guise right. to push agenda. That's my concern when it comes to permits mm. and removing them. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway. We have come to one hour of our program. Damn it! I mean, it was we fast. So much. Yeah, exactly. We we're like we're going to going to go into that heated we, debate. We, yeah, we kind of also wanted to do the speaker's comment in this episode, but we may have to do that next episode. Next one. Huh? All right. I think maybe you know. And next we'll one, we'll, we'll be. You should be the one. Yeah. Who's doing speaker's comment? Like, oh, uh, right. maybe not. <laughs> if, I think it's good. guys, if you want Robic to do the next episode of speaker's comment, please leave a comment. Are we doing that episode as speaker's, speaker's comment? Is that what you're saying? Definitely. Oh, no, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, yeah. If you guys uh, watching or listening have any comments or thoughts about what we've been discussing, please do send us a message. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, we we love talking about these things, and and we know that there's no definitive answer right now, but maybe there will be in uh, six legislative sessions. Right. Uh, but and, and guys, if you want. <laughs> If you want um, an upgrade for Elliot from honorary member or guest into really like a full-time guest with us, uh, please also leave a comment and says yes. S send right. me a message on uh, Instagram so that I know that you're very serious about that. <laughs> okay, don't, right. don't follow a shop over here, all right? <laughs> uh, cool, yes. And as always, leave us a rating on Spotify or iTunes for our podcast, five stars preferably, but either way, share uh, and subscribe so that more people can hear about what we are talking about. Right. Yeah. Uh, besides that, I have nothing else. Right. So, so all right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. So, we'll see you in the next episode of SG Explained. Which Good will night. be next week. Yes. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.